Hello and welcome to Drive Through HR, the internet's number one HR radio talk show. I am your host today, Crystal Miller Lay, and I am here with the effervescent Lane Sutton. Lane, how are you doing? Uh, good to be here. I'm I'm well, thanks. Well is good. So, Lane. So for anyone that doesn't know you, so I know you and just adore you. But for anyone that doesn't know you yet, why don't you give yourself a little introduction and tell people who you are? Sure. All right. So I am Lane, and I uh, started out my career um, in blogging and kind of what what was content marketing without me knowing it, right? So I had a website called Kid Critic where I was writing reviews by a kid for kids and families on movies, books, restaurants, activities, and more. And I was, I think I was about 11 at the time, um, 11 years old, and had this little iWeb website. And, you know, enjoyed blogging, enjoyed content marketing, and had an opportunity to consult with somebody on social media, right? So she had approached me through the website and said, you know, I need help using, quote, the Twitter. And, you know, she needed help kind of building her business and her brand. And I kind of took that as an opportunity to, you know, we chatted once a week for about an hour. Um, and, you know, she was like, yeah, I'll pay you as a consultant, you train me, all that. And, you know, what I started to realize was that I had a passion for social media um, and, and marketing. And, you know, she really gave me that opportunity. So one thing kind of led to another, took on some more clients uh, and started speaking in the speaking world. So kind of reverse career, a lot of people start, you know, in the industry and they start working and then they go consult and speak. I actually did the opposite. Um, go against the grain, right? right. And, uh, and then found my way into more in-house. So, you know, I had my first job with a company called HubSpot. Um, and then I would say, you know, and was playing around in the social media space. And then, you know, kind of got this opportunity to work in employer brand and social recruiting by accident, as a lot of us fall into, uh, into HR and talent and recruiting. Um, is kind of where we're meant to, you know, this is a passion that we're meant to do and kind of in, in something we're meant to do. We enjoy talking to people. Um, we enjoy helping people find jobs, all that. And so, you know, was approached by this company to really build out their employer brand. Uh, and it was a social media company, actually, conveniently enough. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't look back, right? You know, kind of had this experience to really go try marketing in a different lens, um, you know, typically marketing is sales and, and revenue and marketing as a whole, but uh, this is a chance to apply that marketing perspective to um, HR and, and talent and kind of, you know, reinvent that brand, right? You know, how do, we, how do we position jobs and culture and really tell the story as an employer? And I think what that, what that allows us to do is be all-in-one marketers um, and be, you know, Jacksonville trade sometimes and you know apply marketing to a feel good aspect of of a company um, at the end of the day you're helping find kind of a mutual fit uh treating your candidates as consumers and um and building your brand as an employer so that was about five years ago i think five six years ago that i found my way into employer brand and love it um now i do recruitment marketing at a company called walmart you may have heard of it um you know it's it's around the industry <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, had, had played in a variety of, of tech companies, uh, some big, some small, and here I am now. And Disney, if memory serves. Disney, yes. 
yeah, um, a really strong consumer brand. So, you know, had a, had a chance to do social uh, for talent there. Our team was pretty big uh, and, you know, big for the industry and, and had a chance to really focus on the international market of, you know, how does, how does social media work in China and all of these different places that, um, and, and how do you, you know, kind of build the brand even further for a college program, for um, professional internships, for a program called Disney English based in China? How do you really attract 18 to, you know, 30 or so year olds um, from the US, UK, Australia over to China for, you know, a limited amount of time? So that was a cool experience. Yeah, it sounds like it. And so, like I'm not big on the age card. We're gonna throw it out here for just a minute because I think some of the brands that you've worked with, I think many of us, or at least me, right? So I'll, I'll speak for myself, but I assume that it's more than just me, um, would find enviable, right? Like you've gotten to work with some really fantastic companies. I mean, HubSpot does a lot of really great things. Disney's a huge consumer brand that we all kind of grew up grew up with and, and people still grow up with. My grandkids grew up with them now, I feel old. But <laughs> And, and now you're at Walmart, which is just like one of the biggest companies in the world. So I think at any age, that's an enviable re uh, resume. But if memory serves, you're still under 25, right? You're right. I am. <laughs> a lot of people think I'm 26 plus or maybe even 40 the way it sounds sometimes, but 26 <laughs> The beard that does it. <laughs> <laughs> the beard. You can't hear the beard on the radio, though. Like. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You're missing out. <laughs> so, so I have to say, like, and we'll dive into what's keeping you up at night in just a minute, but I, I have to say, like, do you ever worry about how do you build on what's already pretty big? right? Like your, your career is long and you're still in the early stages of it. So like, do you ever wonder like, how am I going to top this or where do I go next or what, like, yeah. Um, so, so it's, it, that's, it raises a good point. And I think, um, I, I don't like to use the word burnout easily, but, you know, I think, um, you know, in, in college, I was at a bit of a point where um, I was doing the school thing, I was doing the work thing, and, you know, living the best of both worlds, um, you know, and kind of playing both sides of the coin, right, you know, able to work professionally, and, you know, had already built on that experience, but also, you know, I'm still a student and still in the classroom at that time. And so I think, you know, I reached a point where, you know, I wanted something new and, and always looking for new challenges. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of us, um, you know, we're, we're fueled by that, right? You know, and, and you know, you never want to be bored. You never want to feel stagnant or, um, you know, that you're not doing something that really pushes you and, and pushes you out of your comfort zone. So I think, um, I think the age thing is tough because, you know, it, it, you know, I started early, earlier than, than a lot of my peers, right? You know, most people, you know, in high school or middle school and even upper elementary were, you know, doing, you know, arts and crafts or theater or sports or, you know, they had their kind of hobby, passion or interest. And for me, that was always business and, and marketing. And a lot of people would say, just growing up, I was so um, entrepreneurial minded and business minded. And I remember saying to my mom once, all I want to do is work. And there are not many kids, you know, that age who would say that, right? You know, but for me, like, I tried those things. I did a little baseball. I did a little theater, like, tried the things. 
and realized they weren't really for me. They didn't stick. And, and I think what that said was that this is what I was passionate about. And, you know, the advantage there was I had a chance to go start and build my career. Um, and so I think, you know, the age thing can be challenging in some ways because, you know, I'm a lot younger than some of my peers at work or in the industry. Um, but I don't feel it. And, you know, I feel like we can still talk the same language and we're all people at the end of the day. So it doesn't, it doesn't fully matter, but I think, you know, yeah, that, that is a concern and, you know, always want to be challenged and always want to be doing something exciting and different. So that's why, you know, I look to, you know, these, these new experiences as, as a way of doing that and, um, you know, constantly getting to build and start. Um, and, you know, in all of our roles, there's some level of maintaining once you build something, but, um, you know, always making sure that you're really building something new and working on new projects. I think that's what's exciting is that, um, you know, in our work, it's very creative and uh, there's not a lot of maintaining in what we do. It's generally, you know, you build something, you ship it, you might maintain it a little bit, but you're also building other things at the same time because we've got so many burners going on at the same time. Yep. There's definitely nothing that, that is stagnant in our role. Yeah. Recently, you started a new job um, at this little company that we might have heard of called Walmart. Yeah. So humble of you. <laughs> what are you doing at Walmart? What's your role? Yeah, so uh, recruitment marketing, we, uh, we're a small team, small bunch. Uh, there is three of us, um, three of us kind of dedicated to the function. And uh, it's, I, I'd say, a little bit of everything, um, you know, but we kind of plug into, you know, where we're most valuable to the business, kind of where the priorities are, and, you know, work on a bit of a support model, right? So, you know, if there's a need to run a end-to-end -end campaign, um, or there's a need to kind of provide the resources, tools, and templates for um, recruiters to, uh, you know, kind of be their own recruitment marketers and be their own ambassadors. So uh, I focused on um, kind of campus, right? So we're in the fall right now and recently relaunched our campus campaign, uh, which is all about something we call Innovate with Heart. And that's meant to be kind of a culmination of a lot of companies innovate, uh, but Walmart has a level of heart and humanity uh, as a company when you think of our interactions with customers and consumers every day. So how do we kind of pair the two together, right? That level of innovation that you're able to do for so many people. Um, you know, we touch 275 million customers every week. So, you know, our associates on the front lines are, you know, constantly in front of customers, in front of people. There's that blend of the online and the offline, right, where, you know, we started as a retail company and known for stores. We also have a huge, you know, online presence in e-commerce and innovations that have helped further our stores, right, like pickup towers, um, you know, in front of stores. So you've got this awesome kind of, you know, conveyor that delivers your package. Um, you see the shelf scanning robots uh, in some of the stores. You see all these really cool technologies that our stores have leveraged to kind of, you know, push further and, um, and be innovative, right? So that was our campaign that we recently relaunched. We did that all in-house, zero budget. Um, it was, you know, soup to nuts, kind of, you know, from messaging to, you know, sprint planning, figuring out, you know, what is it that we want to be on campus? How do we want to show up? Um, you know, what is our branding, our collateral look like down to our booth, to the t-shirts, to the business cards, to career site, to video, kind of all of these, you know, messages that uh, students are seeing 
how do we show up as Walmart on campus and how do we, you know, be cool because we actually are a cooler company. We're just kind of humble about it sometimes. Um, and, and we're not seen on the map as much for, you know, being the most attractive employer all the time, right? So how do we stand out uh, amongst the crowd that way? So, you know, I'd say campus is a big bucket. Um, we've got other kind of, you know, strategies that we support throughout the business, um, you know, enterprise-wide. So I work closely with product. Um, you know, how do we kind of, you know, tell our product management story, get that out there. And, uh, and, you know, other resources like job ads, for example, how do we, you know, empower our recruiters to write job ads and, and really be their own marketer and tell a story of the role that they're recruiting for? That sounds like a pretty big plate. It's a lot. It is a lot. A lot of, a lot of pockets and, and areas to plug into, but it keeps things fun and interesting. Oh, I'm sure. So tell us about something that's keeping you up at night right now. Yeah. All right. So stuff that's keeping me up. I think, uh, so I think a big one is I'll go back to job ads because, you know, that that's a big one. You know, I think for a lot of us and a lot of companies, um, you know, how do you right move from the job description model to the job ad and, and the difference between the two, right? So, you know, HR and, you know, the business has their job description, you know, the formal legal, uh, document that um, is really used, you know, more internally uh, to kind of understand what are the requirements, qualifications for a role. Um, and then how do we move towards a job ad that actually hooks and attracts the candidate uh, in a way that really sells your brand, that tells your story, that is specific enough to talk about the things you do, um, what you work on, maybe some problems you're solving, and, and actually sells the job right? Because the job description is often not doing that. Um, you know, it might have been written by HR or, you know, is kind of written in a very legal way. Um, so that keeps me up at night as, as, you know, kind of a big thing that I think we have a huge amount of opportunity to work on and kind of explore that whole side of the house, but there are a lot of jobs. And so how do you um, kind of rewrite and, and how do you, you know, as the recruiter, kind of write job ads for your job descriptions and really turn that job description into a attractive job ad. Yeah, I, and that is a challenge. That's interesting that that's what's keeping you up at night. It's part of what's keeping me up at night too. I've got a couple yeah. of different clients that are struggling with that right now. It's a pretty common issue. Um, and I think it's, it's a, I think it's made even a bigger issue by our shrinking attention spans. Right. And yep. so when you look at um, when you're looking at the active job seeker, it's not I don't want to say it's not as big of a deal because it's still an issue, but it's it's not as prevalent of an issue because they're going with the intent to go read something. They expect to see something akin to a job description. The better it looks, the more attractive it is. Great. But they'll invest a little more time into it because they're going to look for a job. But let's be real. That's not the majority of what we're after, right? We're, the majority of our hires are, are really people that didn't wake up this morning saying, I'm going to go apply for a job today. Exactly. Or at least that's the goal. And yeah. so if the goal is to get someone that doesn't, that doesn't care about it actively, right? Like they care about their career and, and they're open to opportunities. Sure, most of us are. But if they didn't wake up this morning intending to look at it, how do you catch their attention enough that they'll go navigate and now read this longer thing. Yeah. And 
it's, you know, I keep going back to advertising, like instead of advertising a job and there are, there are lots of, I'm about to make some technology um, vendors mad at me, but <laughs> there are lots of, of yeah, right. With, um, with like ClickCast and AppCast and Peringo and these um, programmatic-esque job boards that are, you know, job distribution services that go out and, and they're going to um, sponsor your jobs, right? So we have job boards on, and, and sponsor jobs and all of these little ads that lead back to job boards or our career sites or whatever. So we have all that. That's great. But if I wasn't looking for a job today, I don't know how much I care about any of those things. So I think there's a, a layer of advertising before we get to the job, I guess is my point. So, yeah, I mean, well, you think about the path, you know, of, of people getting to your job and probably the thing that most candidates are going to see before applying is, is your job posting and your application. And, and if you're an active job seeker or you're kind of in that consideration phase, right, you're probably poking around some career sites and you're taking a look at the story. You might be in a bit of a discovery mode if you're the active job seeker and you're poking around to see what is my best fit. Um, but how do you find your best fit, right? You know, and if your search isn't really robust and you have a lot of jobs and you don't have filtering, like how do you get to the right job for you? Um, or, you know, if you are on Indeed, how you only have 10 seconds or 15 seconds, right? If you think of the average attention span for a video or even written content might even be worse, um, you know, how do you wow them? when they're clicking around into different jobs. And you know, they might be looking at a few different companies. So how do you tell that story upfront, capture them in the first intro? Um, and, and I think you know, that, that's where it's hard to automate, right? Is that you can just automate writing, right? I mean, you know, it'd be amazing and beautiful to <laughs> just do away with written. But I think there is, I'm a visual person, right? And it's actually harder for me to watch a video sometimes than it is to read something. I would almost rather read a bit of a blog post because I could skim it and kind of get what I want and need really quickly at a glance versus, you know, watching a video, plugging in headphones, you know, doing all that. Um, right. So how do you still impress when you need that human element?